hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. You know what? I've been watching um, a lot of things on the news, um, craziness that's going on out there. And um, you got, you know, addictions at an all-time high, of course, and they're starting to come down again. Again, it depends what statistics you read. You've got... Trump landed in Singapore with Kim Young Jun uh, yesterday. So you got North Korea, you got all these different things, and you got all this. You've got the Warriors won in a, in a four-game sweep, for those of you that don't keep track of the NBA. Um, they beat the Cavaliers. But you gotta admit, LeBron's one of the greatest of all time. And there's some great ball players in the NBA. Those of you who don't like sports, just bear with me for a minute because I'm going somewhere. Um, but you got all that going on, and then you got the Philadelphia Eagles not going to the White House, and then Trump uninviting them. You've got some that kneel for the the flag or the national anthem, some that don't, um, some that honor it, some that what they would call dishonor. I don't, I don't really care where you fall in your politics. I mean, for all you that know the song we were singing this morning, Jesus, 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 he's not a registered Republican or Democrat or Independent. He really is not registered in that regard. He supersedes and goes above all those things because he's working a big plan. But you know what's really kind of missing uh, in, in society today? It's just some good old wholesome fun. You know what I mean? I mean, I was driving down the highway with Caden and I said, uh, you know, and these kids are kind of made for this. And I said, hey, I said, there's this lady. She had five kids. I said, for first one, she named January. Second one, she named February. The third one, she named March. The fourth one was April. What was her fifth name? What was the fifth one's name? He went, May. I said, no, what? He said, I said, May. And I said, you need Abbott and Costello. Who's on first? He said, what? I've never heard of that. So I pulled it up on YouTube. And he started watching this thing and laughing. Next thing I know, he's sharing it with his friends. Then Blake and Talon were at the house. And he's going, hey, this lady had five kids. <laughs> and I realized something. And, you know, they play those games. I mean, those video games. Every time I hear it's Fortnite this and Fortnite that and you know, Roblox this and Roblox that. And I hear all that stuff. And I thought to myself, you know what the church needs? The church needs a good old dose of Abbott and Costello or Andy Griffith and Barney Five. We're gonna talk about Joshua and Moses here in a few moments, but just for the next minute and a half, roll that video. Well, let me just give you a few pointers on how to handle rowdies. The first thing you do is to get the psychological edge on your adversary by showing supreme confidence. How do you do that? You stand your ground. You brace yourself in case he throws that first punch. And then you just look him straight in the eyes, like this. Like this, Barney? Yeah, that's kind of, close the eyes just a little bit more. And then if you have any trouble closing them, why your opponent will close them for you. Andy, there's a time for kidding and a time for serious. Now this is it. Now the next thing in self-defense is muscle control. When you brace yourself for that first punch, you make yourself hard all over, and nothing can hurt you. Let me show you. You hit me right there, just as hard as you can. Well, it won't make a dent. <clears throat> Go ahead, Oaks. Okay. Come on, come on. See, I'm braced. See? 
Hey, you can't hurt me. Come on. All you got. Come on. His brakes for it, weren't you, Bob? <laughs> oh, let me just give you a few pointers. <laughs> I can't believe they're playing. They play Andy Griffith in church. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. Some of us just need to laugh and really laugh, not laugh at people. I mean, let's just be honest. If you're if you're caught up in the crossfire of culture today, you're concerned about Roseanne's her tweet and ABC's response, right? And you get caught up in all that emotional junky drama that's going on out there in the world system. Not that you shouldn't be aware, but if you get caught up in all that stuff and you forget to be grounded in what life is really all about, the simplicity of life, you're gonna miss what's happening in life. You can get so caught up in all that stuff that man, you can do, I call them emotional junkies. Just get caught up in all the emotions of all the stuff. This one's going, Republicans say this, this, whatever, Fox News says this, MSNBC and CNN, and all this crossfire that's going on. Then you find yourself in a battle of life and you treat your battles just like you see people get treated on TV. You posture yourself over here, they're posturing yourself over there, and now it's on. Sometimes you just need to punch Barney in the gut. Right? And laugh and enjoy. Listen, don't let, and I'm the world's biggest guilty person of this, of anybody, because I'm, I'm a visionary. I see things way ahead. I mean, I'm five years ahead of us now, and I'm just waiting on it to get here. That's just my personality. That's just how I see. But I've got to stop just for a moment and enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the battle. The battle's the fun. But if you make it battle the stress, it'll kill you. But if you recognize the battle is to bring you into a place in God of revelation, it really is to bring you that peace that you're really strong or struggling to, to get and attain, right? It's all good. Olivia, let's pray for your leg. Come on up here. She had a, a really bad report a few weeks ago, right? And this past report wasn't as near as bad. You're gonna be able to play in your senior year. She's a soccer star. Got some scholarships and some interests in some colleges, but she hurt her, her leg, her knee, and she's nervous right now. And, but we need her healed. Yes. Here's why we need her healed. Not only because God wants to heal it, but because her leg strength and being whole could possibly pay for her education. Now, who in here thinks it's God's will for that to happen? Would you, would you agree with me? Right. So anybody that would say if she doesn't get healed would say, no, God's trying to teach her a lesson. That wouldn't be the case. Well, she's maybe got some sin in her life. She watched something she shouldn't have watched. Well, we just watched Andy Griffith. That's pretty wholesome. That should override everything she's ever done, <laughs> right? Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Don't put this on her, let's put it on him. Amen. He's the healer. 
stretch your hands right here this direction for this leg to be healed. Father, in Jesus' name, I just command her leg, her knee, muscles, tendons, every, ligaments, everything in there to be made strong instantly in Jesus' name. Let this be a moment in her life where her mind told her it would end, but God, you did something different. And a turning point in her life and a, a memorial in her life where she sees the healing power of the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus the Christ that'll never ever be able to be taken away from her. Her leg could provide her that education and career, but God, you'll provide her this healing and a testimony that can never be earned or taken away. In Jesus' name, amen. Olivia, are you ready? Joshua chapter five. Well, the Lord is just doing some great things. Joshua chapter five, and I'm gonna start with verse Let's start with verse 12. Now Joshua has just brought the children of Israel across the, Red, or the Jordan River. What stands in the way now of all their promises are all the people and the giants that are in the land that they have been told to go and possess this land. So Joshua has told an entire generation of people now as he's looking at them going, hey guys, that's ours. God said it. The problem is it's just not gonna go on its own. We gotta go, we gotta go there. You know, the, ch the challenge with, you know, there's, there's several different types of personalities, but one of the personalities, and I have this type of personality, one of the personalities types is that you, you're just bent to go. You know what I'm talking about? You're driven. You're, you're not, you're, there's not hesitation in you or procrastination in you. You're gonna get yourself in more trouble what you did by what you didn't do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody personality type like that? You're gonna create more problems for yourself just because you jump in and get in the middle of stuff. You just, you just move forward. You know what I'm talking about? Then there's this other kind of personality. You're more procrastinating and you're more laid back and you're waiting on the Lord to do something. The challenge with preaching a message like I'm getting ready to preach over the next just few moments is I'm preaching to both types of people. The people that are gung-ho and ready to go, you need to wait on the Lord. But you people that are procrastinators and sit back and wait on the Lord, you need to go. <laughs> the challenge with people that are always hesitant, they're waiting and waiting and waiting and sometimes they never move. The challenge with people that are always moving, they never wait. Where are you? Right? So this morning you're gonna have to figure out where you are. I'm not gonna tell you where you are. You need to discern where you are. Is that good? Is that all right? You got your know your personality style. You know your personality type. You know how you're bent. You know how your lean is in your life. You know how your tendencies are. Well, if that's the case, then why don't you uh, kind of find yourself in this, what you need to do, right? Because Joshua had to go. He was a fighter. He was a fighter. But God gave him a strategy that forced him to, to wait on something, right? The manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten the old corn of the land. 
Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. You gotta realize something, we're moving into a season or have already really moved into a season of what you used to feed off of will not sustain you any longer, right? It just won't. You have got to get a fresh revelation of, of the Lord in your life, for your life, in the season that you're in. Not where you've been, even though you'll take those great testimonies with you, but you have to have a word today in your life. And when I say about, when I'm talking about word, I'm not talking about, you know, um, just a, a, a quick impetus that says just go or a quick impetus that says stay. I'm talking about what is the Lord doing? Get a macro perspective, get a, a, an aerial view of your life while you're also getting a front row seat as you're moving forward, right? You need to see the, 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 the ultrasound, but you also need to touch the feel of it when it's born. Make sense? You gotta have that in your life. Not just evaluate your life, but you gotta be able to touch your life. You gotta have logic, right? But spirit as well. It's gotta work together. God's not trying to bypass your head and your mind by, just by operating your spirit. He wants them both, spirit and your mind, to work together in sync to, to live a practical life that's supernaturally practical, if that makes any sense. Here's how it went. They crossed over the Jordan River. As soon as they ate of the new fruit, the new land, or the new uh, corn, the Bible says old corn, of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. The manna dried up, it was over. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Watch this. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, are thou for us? Stop right here for a second. Or, or for our adversaries. See Joshua's personality? Now here Joshua sees somebody, Joshua's ready to fight. Man, for 40 years they've been walking around the wilderness. Moses' personality style was, he would you know, argue with all the people because he was frustrated, but they would wonder. When Moses died, Joshua says, we're gonna go take this thing. I'm ready, we've wondered for 40 years. Me and Caleb, we're not wondering anymore. We gotta go get this thing. So when Joshua got across the, the Jordan River, he recognized that the manna and the food and the sustenance that helped them in the wilderness is not what they're gonna eat from today. It had to be the corn of the land, the fruit of the land. So when he got over to cross this Jordan River, which is walking over into the spiritual life, when he walked over, he realized, okay, here we go. I'm ready to find out whoever is in my way. So he spots a man and he says, and he saw the sword drawn in his hand. He said, Joshua went to him and said, are you for us? Are you for adversary? Who, who? Listen, are you for us or are you against us? Watch this next verse. Nay, neither. But as captain of the, the host of the Lord, am I now come? You got to be able to discern as you're moving forward in life where God is. You've got to be able to recognize God is in this thing. He'll look like your adversary sometime, or he'll look like your advocate at others. But you gotta know, whether he looks like your adversary or he looks like your advocate, he's still the captain of the host. Whether it works, looks like it's working for you, or it looks like it's working against you. Whether it's a set up, a set back, 
he still has to work for you because he's sent from the Lord of hosts. Joshua fell on his face and did worship and said to him, what saith the Lord to my, ser- my servant? What's this? And the captain of the Lord host said to Joshua, take off your shoe. Remember last week we sang holy ground? From the, take, loose the shoe from off your foot for the place where thou standest, I want, I want you to get this today, is holy. What is holy? Was it the land that was holy or was it the place where Joshua was? that was holy. The holiest place that you'll be is when you're in a position moving forward and you're trying to determine and discern, is that God or is that the devil? It's the best place for you to be. Because the tension of trying to figure out is the Lord on my side or is the Lord against me? Is he, is he opening the door or is he closing the door? Why is it that I feel led to go but I feel like I now have to stop? That moment in time, that place in life, that season in life is a place that's the most holy because it presses your personality and your tendencies to where you have to lean into him more than you lean into yourself. I know when I need to spend more time with the Lord because people start getting on my nerves. Situations start getting on my nerves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're, we're pressing, we're moving forward. A roadblock comes. I'm thinking, I'm cast, trying to cast out the devil, not realizing it might be the Lord. And then there's always these holy people that come around and going, you just have to have faith. We're praying for you. Oh, you talk about the biggest, I can list those four letter words and prayer is probably gonna be in one of those words somewhere, those bad words that you're gonna use. I'm telling, I'm praying for you. I appreciate the prayers, I do. But when, I, when that starts annoying me, I recognize I better kick off my shoes because the place that I'm setting, this place right here, the struggle in between, is holy ground. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about when you've been believing the Lord, believing the Lord, believing the Lord, and all of a sudden you see it and you can almost taste it and it's almost there and, and, and it's just like it's coming to pass and you're holding your breath because it hadn't fully come to pass but you just see it happening? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you, you go, oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. And all of a sudden, the last minute, whew, the door shuts on you. And never fails, the Lord sends a couple of angels in the forms of people around you when he does, and they're looking at you, and you're looking at them, and you're going, and you just want to walk away mad, and you do, and they come or they call you, and they say, the Lord's got this. I know he's got it. Just shut up. The Lord's got your back. Have you heard that one? Yeah, he's got my back all right. It's in the place where your personality is getting pushed on 
when you feel led to go, but you can't move. Or you're wanting to stop, but you're getting thrust forward. That's the holy place. It's a place in your life when you're having to lean into him. And the best place to do that is what Joshua just did. He kicked off his shoes. Why his shoes? Because his feet. God said, everywhere the sole of your foot touches, you'll possess the land. Now, we've made this whole thing about the land of Jericho and the, and, the, and the real estate of Jericho, which is wonderful. It was a big blessed place of God too. But the place that we live in the spirit is that place to where they've canceled all of your contracts and you're looking around looking at these people, but you got employees looking at you going, oh my God, what do I do? Your natural tendency might be just to start cutting, but the Lord won't let you cut. You get fired from your job. You get let go. And everybody's standing around looking at you going, now what do we do? <laughs> do y'all feel this? It's the tension between your natural inclination and what the Lord is doing. And he puts this barrier right in front of your face and you're going, gosh, and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and you finally can't push any longer, so you finally have to sit back. Well, here's the thing. The Lord is working for you in the middle of that situation. When you find yourself there, Kevin, when you find yourself there is a time where you do what Joshua does. He worshiped the Lord. Now, here, what I'm saying about worshiping the Lord, you can, get on a, you can put a CD on and begin to worship the Lord. That's wonderful. But I'm talking about, when I say worship the Lord, I'm talking about seeking his presence and his face, his logic, everything about him, your affections and attention need to be on him. Right? And when I say attention and affection need to be on him, I'm talking about moving out all the sound barriers that are away from you and all these influences that come at your ears and your heart and your mind, move them around and begin to go, okay, if I can just get five minutes, if I can get 15 minutes, right? If I can just get here, get my mind clear where it's just him. And I'm not talking about just driving down the street, you turn the radio off and you just have, you're talking to the Lord. I'm talking about that consecrated moment in time where it's just you and him and you're gonna be raw and he probably won't say anything back in return. But you get to say it or you stand there and look at each other or you're standing there thinking of each other, and it's that moment and that solace that you feel by just being in his presence. That's a holy place. It's not a holy piece of real estate, even though it could be. God gave it to him. No, it's that your affections are on him when things are spinning out of control, when you're fighting off things and thoughts, here you are, right here. See, Martha was setting up the whole house for Jesus to come in John chapter 10, John chapter 11. Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha's getting mad at Mary because she's at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says to Mary, or Martha, 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 why are you so upset about so many things? What Mary's doing is the, the, the main thing. That's the main thing. Now see, those two types of people I just talked about were just right there. 
Now, if, you're, if your inclination and your tendency is just to spend the time with Jesus, you'll stay there for two or three weeks and nothing gets done in your house. But if you're Martha, house is gonna be clean. You're gonna work and make money, but you're not gonna have that moment in time with him that's intimate, right? Which one is right and which one's wrong? They're both and they're both. Wherever you're leaning, you got to press into the opposite. When you don't feel like moving, it's probably the time you need to move. And when you feel like moving and, you're, and you want to stay right where you are, I just need to be right here. What are the doors that have opened for you? Who has the sword? The Lord sends the angel of the Lord and he tells you to move forward. And you need to follow those promptings. You don't have the luxury today. We just don't. So Mary and Martha are here. Jesus would have never been in the house if Martha hadn't invited him. But it's Mary, Lazarus would have never been raised from the dead if Mary hadn't petitioned him. So what's it take? I used to say it this way. There's Martha personalities and there's Mary personalities. No, you have him. If you have him, both of those are in you. One might be more dominant than the other. But you have to learn to ebb and flow in the presence of the Lord. You have to. There's too many people right now, and I'll tell you where Joshua was. He was over here in this wilderness for 40 years. I don't know about you, but I've lived in that kind of environment for four, where you just keep going down the same old mountain over and over and over and over again, and it's frustrating, and you'll try things in that, spirit, that time when you're going around the mountains. I just can't be the only person I'm talking to. This has to be for somebody else too. Going around the mountain, and then you begin to try stuff, hoping it's the Lord. Because you're tired of walking around the mountain. And then what you do is you complicate your life because you keep creating stuff for yourself when you're really trying to get outside that mountain, outside that circle that you've been circling around for the last 40 years or two weeks or three weeks or four months or whatever it might be in your life. And you're frustrated and you're frustrated. People like Moses were okay going around the the bend because as long as he kept everybody intact, everybody was gonna be okay. Joshua wasn't made that way. He just wasn't. So he tried stuff. He went over and he saw the good of the land. He come back and he said, we can take this. But he had to come back and sit underneath. No mobilization. So when he got the opportunity to be mobilized, guess what he's ready to do? He's ready to know, are you for us or are you against us? If you're against us, I'm taking you out. If you're for us, you better get in line. Why? Because I'm ready to go. He knew the season that he was in. Now look what happens here. I want you to see how God moved his personality took his personality, put him in a a position that boxed him in, but allowed him to exercise his discernment, right? Just like he's trying to do us and you in the season of life we're in. Watch. Next verse. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel. None went out. Look at this. Stop right there for a second. And none came in. Last verse of 15, or chapter five says this. Are you for us or are you against us? I'm from the captain of the host. He take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. He worships the Lord. Next verse, the very city he was told to take is shut up. 
you would think that once he worshiped, the city would open up. The circumstances looked glim because of, I would have thought he worshiped, got up off his face and said, okay, God, you move this mountain. You move this, God, it was shut up. But here's the deal. Read this very carefully. When it says the Jericho was straightly shut up, it wasn't shut up from them. It was shut up because of them. Who shut up the gates? The enemy. The people of Jericho shut up those gates because they were afraid of the overtaking of God's people. Sometimes we see it as the walls are shut up on us and we think it's the devil trying to keep us from coming, keeping us out, right? Trying to keep us from here. We're thinking it's the Lord. What are we doing differently? We gotta make something happen. We gotta do something. But really, they don't want us in there. Your biggest challenge you're gonna face is how you see the obstacle that's in front of you. You worship, you sense the spirit of the Lord, you're leaning into the personality type that he gave you. Man, if you're a swinger and you haul off and swing, quit worrying about trying to tame that all the time. Let God recognize and use that in the spirit that aggressiveness will be something that'll take you in. But lean it in, worship it, worship him in the midst of that to temper it to where you can get discernment because you're in a season right now where you're moving forward like you've never moved forward before. You're moving in the spirit whether your feet have ever moved or not. You're moving in your heart whether your feet have ever moved or not. But the moment in time we're living in is a time where you have to line up your heart and your actions moving in synchronized fashion together, not trying to always change your personality, but move with your personality. We good? So Jericho was straightly shut up, what? Because of the children of Israel. Wasn't their sin, wasn't their unbelief, it wasn't their attitude. None come in and none went out. Look at the next verse. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, see, Joshua, see, can you see? I have given into thine hand Jericho, but it's shut up. You see the dichotomy? You see the art, the fight. Let me make it real practical. I've called you to be debt free. See it? Yeah, but I got all the debt. I've called you not to be lonely the rest of your life. Yeah, but I don't see anybody there. See? I've called you to walk in that ministry in imperfect health, but see? What do you see? Joshua was taught at the end of verse, chapter five to see spiritually as he heard and saw the guy that looked like a man that was either for him or against him and he recognized that was the Lord. If he had not have seen that and worshiped, chapter six would have been a problem for him because he would have not have been able to see what the Lord was showing him. He would have just saw, seen the obstacle the walls and the gate and the city is shut up, Joshua. You're not getting in. What do you see? I've given you the land. What do you do when he gives you a promise, but the circumstances and what you see around you completely look opposite of what he's told you? 
Does your heart grow weary? Do you faint and get discouraged and frustrated and angry and aggravated and it's everybody else's fault and that reason over here and that reason over there and then you start getting down on yourself and down on everybody or can you just see that still promise is still yours? I've given into thy hand Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And now this is a picture of the book of Revelation of all you end time people that wanna read it. This is it. And seven priests shall bear the ark of seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests first. He went to the, pa the pastors. And he said unto them, take up the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is the presence of the Lord. Pastors, spiritual, and you're, now you're the priest of your home, right? So he went to the priests, you priests of your home, take up the presence of the Lord. Let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Covenant. And he said unto the people, pass on and compass the city. And let them, him that, look at this, that is armed, pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets. And the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The trumpet went first, the ram's horn went first, the ark, the presence went behind, and, and the people followed. And the armed of the people, armed men went before the priests that blew the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark. The priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. I don't have time to break all this stuff down, but boy, I guess I would like to. I'll maybe do it on Wednesday night. Next verse. And Joshua had commanded the people, here we go, saying, shut up. Don't you shout. Don't you make a peep. Don't you make a sound. This is not a time for you to be saying anything. You shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Keep your mouth shut until the day I bid you to shout. Then you shall shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed of the city going about it once and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark, watch this, this is powerful, took up the ark of the Lord and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them but the, the rearward came, at the ark of the, uh, came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. The, the, let me get this, the trumpets are the voice. The priests going forward and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets and the armed men went before them. 
But the rearward end came after the ark of the Lord, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. The next verse, verse 14. And the second day, they compassed the city once and returned to the camp and they did it six days. Six days in a row, they were silent going around the city, around the shut up gates. Six days, they went around not saying a word. Watch this. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the drawing, dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day, they compassed the city seven times and it came to pass on the seventh time. They went six times around on the seventh day. On the seventh time around the city. The seventh time, so they went six days once a day. They went six days on the seventh day. That's 12, but on the Seventh time around, on the seventh day, when the priest blew the trumpet, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sin. And ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourself accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. All the silver, the gold, the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto who? The Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpet and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that look, the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they took the city. Now watch this. I wanna play this one week in one week. One week's time. One week's time they cross over the Jordan they're in the spirit. They have left 40 years of bad memories of my God, have we ever gonna get here? An entire new generation of people had come up. They cross over this Jordan. Joshua leading him with Caleb. Joshua looking at the people saying, everything that's been promised to us, we're now here. We've crossed over the threshold. There's no going back. There, there, there's none going, it's all in front of you. However you can see it, however you can dream it, however you can believe it, go after it, man. It's, it's all yours. Everything that God has promised us is now here. There's no limitations. There's no limitations on us. And he looks up and he says, let's go. He circumcises all the guys. You ready? We're gonna get that flesh off of us and we're gonna go in this time and we're gonna take it. Get the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in front of us because we're going forward. This is it. This is it, we're in. Joshua, the one that fights, the one that's ready to take everybody's head off, the one that's just ready to go. Joshua, the fighter, the grappler, the MMA guy. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that's ready to take it on. Joshua gets up and he stands up and he says, oh, I got the first one here. There's a man with a sword. Are you for us or are you against us? Because I'm ready, I've got the sword in my hand. Nothing is gonna stop us from taking what the Lord has for us. 
These people and their generations of people and their ancestors have all fought. They've wondered for 40 years. We've all heard about revival. We've all heard about the kingdom. We've all heard about the good things that are happening. We heard that God heals. We heard that God delivers. We heard that God that sees people sets free. We've heard about all those wonderful things that God wants to do, but nobody's ever experienced it because we've been wondering for 40 years. We've heard about the good days when he had manna to come from heaven and everybody got fed. Their shoes didn't wear out. There wasn't one feeble one. We heard about all those wonderful things back then, but all of that was a precursor to what's about to happen. So Joshua looks at them and says, the manna is gone. You can no longer go back and draw off the glory days and think that's gonna get you into the new day. It's not gonna work that way. So Joshua says, I'll demonstrate how this is gonna work. Are you for us or are you against us? Are, are you for our adversaries? Or are you for, 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 for God's people? He says, neither. Joshua, you're gonna to have to learn. This is my version. You're gonna to have to learn how to discern. You're gonna to have to learn how to, to discern and see God in the midst of your practical situation. You're gonna to have to see him instead of just thinking everything's practical, you're gonna to have to see in the spirit. But thinking everything's spiritual without seeing it in the practical, you're gonna to have to see it in the practical. Somehow, Joshua, you're gonna to have to be able to walk this thing out in life to where you've got one antenna in heaven and one antenna here on the earth. One hand, one trowel going that direction and one trowel going this direction. One punch going up and one punch going out. You've got to begin to understand and when you get heavy in one area, you better know how to draw back and get heavy in another. You better know how to get spiritual and get practical. You need to know how to procrastinate and you need to how to go fast. And you need to lean forward and you need to how to stop. And you need to know how to do that by discerning. You need to know when to fight, when to shut up. When to shout and when to be quiet you're gonna to have to learn to discern. Joshua, what do you do? Worshiped. Take off your shoes. The place that you're in, what place? Jericho? No, that place where I'm managing the tension of spirit and practicality is holy ground. Because unless you're born of the water and the spirit, you can't enter in, Joshua. What? Yeah, if you're born again, you can see it. But unless you're born of the water and the spirit, you can't enter in. Wait a minute. That's what he told Nicodemus. You remember when Nicodemus came to him and I said, there's no way you could do the things you're doing unless you're from God. And he looked at him and he said, Nicodemus, if you're born again, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Well, how do I get born again when I go, I'm an old guy, I gotta go back up in my mother's womb. No, 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 unless you're born of the water in this, unless you can do this spiritually, but also practically, you'll never enter in. You can't enter into kingdom of God only in the spiritual realm. It's gotta become practical and tangible in your life. I'm tired of hearing somebody got healed in the spirit, but their back still hurts them every day. Oh, I've got... A, my God owns a cattle on a thousand hill. Yeah, but you can't pay your electric bill. But my father owns, is the, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah, but unless you possess it practically, tangibly, it's a pipe dream. I'll just go wrestle with it, then I'll just go take it on. Go ahead, Joshua. 
you better hear the Spirit first. See, some things you're going to plow your hand to and God will anoint. Sometimes he will anoint so you can plow your hand to it. I wish I could tell you which is which. But you have to discern. Do I deliver the first blow or do I take the first punch? Yes. Do I take that job or do I stay at this one? Yes. Is she the one or should I look for another? Yes. Are you for us or are you against us? Neither. Nay. I'm from the Lord of hosts. You better learn to discern. You're in holy ground. What holy ground? One foot in heaven and one foot on the ground and you gotta live both of them out. It's the most holy place to be. And the tension that you manage of trying to be one and less the other is the beautiful place to be. And how you do that is you take off your shoe, rest as you worship, reconnecting with him in those moments, recognizing the ebb and flow of your relationship with Christ. I feel like I'm disciplining them kids too, those kids too much. I feel like I need to, I, I really need to, you know, I feel I need to, I, I'm, just, I'm just too hard on them. Worship. They get away with everything. They get no correction. Worship. Now what I say when I mean worship, I don't mean disregard life. I'm talking about focusing in on him to where you can know how to lean into what's predominant and what's not. Some, listen, some days you feel like divorcing and some days you say, I feel like you're staying one and want to stay married. Some days I've, you know how many times I have quit the ministry but I've just never left? Sometimes I wish they weren't my kids. I don't like this, do you? Well, I'm really talking about somebody else. You all don't feel that sometimes? Some, sometimes I wish I would have never, but I did. Sometimes I wish it wasn't, but it is. Sometimes I wish it is, but it wasn't. You're going, you're just talking a big riddle. Tell Joshua that. The guy crosses the Jordan River, takes a bunch of people, millions of people across. He looks up and says, I'm gonna set the example. Are you for us or are you against us? Neither. Now what am I supposed to do? What are you gonna do in life when your body isn't healed, but the promises say you are? Do you quit the promises or do you quit the body? Neither. You press into the promises, right? When your body's hurting. And the days your body's not, not hurting and feeling good, you're still pressing into the promises. Why? He's already got you. You're already moving into the things of God whether you like it or not. The challenge of living in the spirit, living in the spiritual realm of the kingdom is it's always managing tension. Some days you feel like getting in the flesh and some days you don't. 
Some days people get on your nerves and sometimes people don't. Sometimes you wish your son did not marry that girl, but he did. Right? And you're constantly trying to manage this tension. Here's the beautiful part about the whole story. It's okay to be who you are. I'm just a quiet person. I'm really introverted and I have a tendency just to to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. But now that you wait on the Lord and nothing's happening, you better get in his presence for him to tell you to go because you can't let your natural tendency stop life from progressing. Because you might be one of those guys that's been praying and hoping for a woman to be in your life. She comes across your path, but you're still waiting on the lightning bolt from heaven and you've already gotten it. The lightning bolt was her coming into your life. You cross over. You look at it. I don't know what you're facing in your life right now. I don't know where you are at the moment. The the, the, the struggle, the strain, the pressure, wherever it is. But don't you think for one minute that God didn't wire you a certain way to handle that struggle that you're in right there. And don't think for one minute, and I'm gonna tell you this, and this is gonna be hard for some people to swallow. I hear this so many, so much. Well, the reason they're not really getting in is because they have unforgiveness in their heart. The reason they're not really getting in is because, well, they just, they, 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 have, a, they have a bad temper. They have a bad temper. So what we start doing is we start now working on your bad temper and your unforgiveness. That's not what he said to Joshua. Is it your bad temper or is it the joy of the Lord? It's neither, because it's both. I got news for you. There's no sin. There's no pain and regret from your decisions and no choices that can keep you out of the promises of God if your trust is more in the promises of God than your belief in the power of your shortcoming. If you have more confidence that your shortcoming is keeping you from the things of God, you're worshiping the wrong God. God's got to be bigger than your unforgiveness. So what do we do? You got to get rid of, we got to deal with your unforgiveness first. We have to deal with, if I deal with God being bigger, your unforgiveness will get dealt with. It's not that we're going to just deny it. We're going to put it in its proper order. It has to surrender and yield to the power of God. That's what Joshua did. Joshua, you're going to, you're in a holy place. You're going to battle ins and outs of this whole thing. You're going to battle it. It's going to be a battle, but you're going to win. And the city straightly shut up because they don't want you in there. What are you going to do, Joshua? I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. Seven times. Six days in a row, they walked around that building, that land. Had to keep their mouth shut. 
on the seventh day, seven times, they shouted at the end of that seven time. When the wall fell down flat, there was still rubble there. Guess what we're gonna learn next week? How to walk over the rubble. Because just because the wall fell down, you still gotta go possess the land. It's the best time for you to be alive, guys. It's gonna be what I'm gonna say all the rest of this year. It's the best time for you to be alive. I know things aren't perfect in your life. And I know you got things that just cause your skin to crawl when you think about them because you're gonna, oh God, it's just a heaviness and a pressure and a burden and oh God, if I just get rid of that thing, if I could get rid of that thing. I got news for you. It can't stop you from moving forward. You don't understand, I'm just so lonely all the time. I know, but you can't sit down. Stand with me. Has this helped anybody today? It's helped me. How many in here feel in your life right now, you really wanna go forward, but there's something in your way to keep you from moving forward? Is there anybody in here? You just, there's just something right there in the way. And it's kind of a wall and you feel it. And you don't know whether to sit back and wait or just to punch that thing down or keep running into it till it falls down. Is that anybody, anybody in here? That's gotta be. I got news for you, you've already crossed over. There's no manna. The only way you're gonna get fed is by the fruit of the land. And you gotta go forward. How do I do it? Well, I brought news for you. What we do in religious circles is we we put up a Jericho march. When I was a kid, we'd march around the church. And still people, seven times, they'd still be bound after seven times. So we'd do it again next week. Everybody felt good in the flesh, but nothing changed in the spirit. Right? Oh no, this time, you're gonna push on that thing. You're gonna, you're gonna push on it, and you're gonna push on it, and you're gonna push on it. And whatever personality style that God made you is the leaning of your, you're gonna lean into. And when you're prompted, you go. But here's the thing, you gotta promise me something because this is the, t- the key and the ticket to the entire walk of the spirit and making it practical is whatever he tells you to do at that prompting, there is no hesitation. There's no second guessing. You don't need to go get third and fourth counsel. You do whatever he tells you to do. If he says to go, you go. If he says to stop, you stop. If he says to turn right, you turn right. If he tells you to give, you give. If he tells you to release, you release. If he tells you to move forward, you move forward. Don't wait, don't hesitate. You go forward. You stop. Whatever he tells you to do. You gotta promise me, whatever he says, you'll do. If you do it, you'll eat the good of the land. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up my brothers and my sisters in the season of summer, the season of harvest time, the season of just plowing through some more ground and, and harvesting some things and plowing others. God, you're preparing a people. 
because the world is moving and shaking in so many different directions, Lord. You've got some of us anchoring on to things of the past and you've got some of us anchoring on hopefully for some things in the future and all this is working together for the good. And God, we're trying to learn how to walk by the Spirit but make it be practical. And you're gonna have to help us and teach us because it's not a science, Lord, it's an art. We just have to apply and move and, and look at it and let the pieces just fall where they go. And, and, and God, not, not everything goes. We're tired of chasing sin. We're trying to combat the world. We're trying to, oh, we're tired of all of that, God. Let the Spirit of God arise and let all your enemies be scattered. Make this thing tangible that we can live this thing out in a real practical way. Maximizing all of heaven, but not denying the things of this earth as well. We bless you, Lord. We thank you and we're excited about what things are happening in the future. Make this simple to us, God. Help us to work past all this complexity so we can get to the things, God, that are just so simple-minded in our head that we can walk this thing out. Pass the noise into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Before God bless everybody you. leaves today, Miss Lisa, will you come up here for just one second, Miss Lisa West? For those of you who do not know, tomorrow is Pastor Kevin and Miss Lisa's 30th wedding anniversary. And so we are so, we just wanted, um, we love 30 years. We love you guys so much. And we have a surprise for you guys in the cafe. And for everybody else here, we have a cake and some punch. We would love to celebrate you all and make sure that you get a piece of cake and hopefully your cars are washed by now. But we love you all. I have word, all 37 cars are washed and ready. Awesome, awesome. We love you guys. Go get some cake and some punch. See you next Sunday.